Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic. Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore. This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Welcome to Challenging Christianity. My name is Rebecca Kinnestrand. I'm your host. This is our first podcast, our first episode of our new podcast. And um, I started this podcast because I wanted to explore the area between sort of all-in and all-out religion. I personally grew up in a religion, and I um, hold on to some tenets of that, and others I don't. And I've been on a long spiritual journey myself. Um, So I wanted to reach out to those who consider themselves spiritual, non-religious, agnostic, or are more similar to me, having grown up in a church. And we're going to have on different guests here to explore all kinds of different topics. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Daniel Dadashi. Our topic today is science and religion. Mm -hmm. Daniel. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited (laughs) to be on this podcast. Um, I grew up in a household. My mom was uh, Lutheran, and my dad was raised Muslim in the Middle East and Mm. then um, moved here and became an atheist. So I'm Mm. from a mixed-faith household. I love having faith-based conversations. I now work in a Lutheran congregation as a youth worker. So I work with high school youth all day, every day, answering all their faith questions. God bless (laughs) you. I love being here. That's great. Um, again, our topic is science and religion, and our guest today is Pastor Mike Anderson from Holy Spirit Lutheran Church. And Pastor Mike, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast and for starting this podcast. I think it's vitally important that Christianity and we who represent Christianity are challenged by people who have questions about why we do what we do, what's the foundation for our thinking and believing, and And I I think that's important for us to um, respond. So faith and science, I feel like I am a little bit qualified to speak on this. Because I I had intended to be a pharmacist. I have a chemistry major, and I have uh, a deep background in the sciences and love science. And I consider myself a a scientific person as well as a religious person. So Mm -hmm. um, I I think I can speak to this topic a little bit. That's great, because I brought up this topic to be the first one of our series because it kind of gets at the heart of a lot of, oh, a lot of different stories from the Bible and, uh, you know, Christian faith. And um, can you be religious and scientific? Do you Mm -hmm. believe in evolution? How can you do that? Do you have to turn off a part of your brain in order to you know, be at church and all these. And you were Mm -hmm. talking about the youth and how this is at a central core of their questions. Yes. For for our junior high and high school youth, they're just entering that time of their life where they stop seeing things as black and white and they're starting to see things as gray and in the middle. And Mm. so they're asking questions about evolution versus creationism, about whether you can be a scientist and a person of faith, whether they are a scientist or a person of faith. And so mm-hmm. they ask these questions all the time. And yeah, and yeah. for me, I never really had this issue. I was always brought up believing that the stories of the Bible were stories, they were parables, they weren't literal. Um, but a lot of people are brought up that way. And or if you're listening and you didn't weren't brought up in any kind of religion, <clears throat> you that's what's in the ether, the narrative mm-hmm. around Christian 
thought and theology is that the stories are true, the Bible is literal, and you believe it or you don't, and it's creating huge, it creates huge conflicts Mm -hmm. um, in the world today around all kinds of policies and so on. We're not going to get into politics today, but um, I'd like to turn it over to Pastor Mike and ask, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? What how does science and religion, how do we reconcile these things? Well, I resonate with what Danielle said a moment ago about the young people that she works with uh, growing up in sort of a world that's more black and white and mm-hmm. accepting kind of the literalism of religion in their Sunday school background. And then coming to a point, around, usually around junior high, where there's a kind of fork in the road that you can da- go down the path that is um, kind of religious thinking and literal thinking versus going down a path that is more scientific and material thinking. And I remember that fork in the road personally. And and I, to be honest with you, I took the scientific fork mm-hmm. um, because I, I went to my pastor and I asked my pastor, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade, some questions about the literalness of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, they're all literally true. Mm-hmm. And and that was so discouraging for me in 6th, 7th grade that he didn't trust me enough to share the underlying theological, symbolic, uh-huh. metaphoric meaning of Scripture. Um, and in- instead, he gave me the, <laughs> the standard line. And I went down that path well, of I have science. To, I have to question that then. Why do we... Why is it taught that way even to young children? I know, you know that young children don't have all the mental capacities. I have young children myself, and they're wonderful, but the, you, know, you can't introduce giant topics sometimes. But it, it does make me wonder why we have to have this fork in the road. Why aren't we just truthful with kids from the beginning? Well, like Danielle said, I think children are not ready for that. Hmm. You know, when you're a child... You simply need to hear a story. And, mm. you know, the stories we tell our children that are not from the Bible, most of them are not literally true, yeah. but they engender feelings, usually of comfort and trust. And that's the kind of stories we want to tell our children about the nature of God. I guess that my, yeah, I hear, I I, I think that my thing would be, and this is my personal problem, is that then tell them their stories. Yes. You know, and no, don't tell them this is this yes. literally happened. Well, there comes a time, I believe, mm-hmm. in a young person's life where we do say that. And usually it's mm-hmm. around junior high age okay. that we start telling them and teaching them that these are stories that have even a deeper meaning mm-hmm. than what you think. And we're trying to do that in our local congregation. And I, I think it's a very important stage so that people don't have to... Choose, choose one right. or the no other. Choice, yeah. Really. Yeah, it, it took me happen. years and years to come back to a more united path. That happened in college for me, where taking um, theological classes, I required to take Bible classes, and all of a sudden I'm learning things about Scripture that taught the symbolic and metaphorical value yes. of Scripture and truth, and it kind of brought me back to be both a scientist and a religious person at the same time. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it led to seminary because I kept asking these deep questions. And the more I studied, the more I learned, the more I realized that science and religion really are speaking to two different huge issues. Uh, science teaches us and is a wonderful uh, capacity to explain how the world is created, yeah. you know, what makes it up. And mm-hmm. religion speaks to the nature of the universe, the nature of of the divine, of the holy, and I want to live in a universe where there is 
a sense of goodness and kindness and compassion behind it. Uh, it's a choice I make of how I want to orient myself in the universe. And um, it's not just about how the world's created. It's about who creates the world. It's about mm -hmm. who's behind the world. And, and that allows me to bring both together, science, religion, about two different topics, really. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Genesis specifically, because mm -hmm. we can go there. Evolution is the big, big one where people are like, oh, you know, you don't believe in evolution. You're a religious person. Um, and that couldn't be further from the truth. So in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. in the beginning, and what is that all about? And what, what was what's really the theological metaphor and stories behind Genesis? Thank you for asking that. That is the foundational stories that young people ask. You know, did God create the world in six 24-hour days? Yes. And how does that relate to my science course that talks about dinosaurs? Yes. I remember one of my friends once, when we were talking about this, when I was struggling with my fork in the road, um, he said that, um, you know, the dinosaurs and the bones that are discovered out in Montana or wherever they discover them, mm -hmm. they've been planted there. No, oh, They've come been on. planted there by secular humanists. Oh, my God. And, uh, and that really helped me continue down the path oh, of science. science. Yeah. <laughs> the, the famously well-organized secular humanists. Yeah, it's like, okay, um, that's a kind of what I ended up calling a kind of mental gymnastics to try and prove the literalness of scripture well what? and i don't want to i mean we're just all groaning here but really i mean that person was struggling with trying to understand yes these, right mm -hmm. it, yes. it was their personal struggle so yes. i don't want to dismiss mm -hmm. them for yeah. do, well the real that. danger in trying to uh, do those mental gymnastics about proving the science of the bible mm. is that it's almost impossible to do mm. And what I had to do is separate the two, that science deals with a certain way of looking at the universe and explaining the universe, again, the how of the universe, and religion speaks more about the why. Mm -hmm. And the creation story is, is a perfect example compared to evolution. You know, evolution is something I personally agree with, that there is a way of scientifically explaining how the world came into being. But I've come to separate the Genesis story from how. The Genesis story is more about why and who and the purpose. And it really opened up for me when I was taught that in the ancient Middle East area, every culture had its own creation story. Mm -hmm. And every creation story around the Hebrew people talked about multiple gods, male, female gods. The world often created out of some great conflict with a dragon or a monster. Lightning and, and Zeus. And, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, that was later, but yes. Lightning. Yeah, and then the world actually sometimes created out of a monster, and it kind of gives the, the foundation that the material world is a negative, um, mm. that God is a mixture of evil and good. And The Hebrew pe people came up with this story completely different from all the other creation stories that said foundationally that what's behind this universe is goodness. And grace. God created the world with a word, and God said it was good. Good. Mm -hmm. And that was like, really? The world is good. And to me, that describes the nature of the universe and the nature of the created order that there's a goodness behind it, not a battle or a competition. And, and so that's a different way of explaining 
um, creation story and how we orient ourselves in the universe. So I've separated the two. We try to collapse science into the creation story of Genesis, and it's never meant to be a science story. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be a poetic story that explains the nature of our reality and the nature of the holy behind it. Mm-hmm. It's a choice that I make to believe yeah. that there is something good about our universe. I also want to point out that we are going to get into on another episode about suffering. We're not saying just because... You know, God is good, um, and the nature of the universe is good, that there isn't suffering. We do acknowledge that, but that's a whole other topic we're going to get into. Um, what are the questions you were talking about with the youth? That What, what are they coming up with? I want to hear what they their challenging questions are on well, this. Teenagers love to challenge. <laughs> they lo- yes. and, and probably what I get the most, are very specific questions about specific miracles in the Bible mm. that are meant to get at a general truth. The general truth they're looking for is, is the Bible literally true? Are these stories literally true? Mm. And the questions they're usually asking are, did Noah really build an ark that has two of every kind of animal on it mm-hmm. to survive a giant flood? And was he 400 years old? And was he 400 years old? <laughs> or they're asking... Did Jesus really heal lepers by touching them? Did Jesus really raise the dead? Mm-hmm. Did Jesus really feed 5,000 people? With, from five loaves and fishes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those are the general, those are the specific questions they're asking to get at a general truth, which is, is the Bible literally true? Mm-hmm. Well, um, those young people, like all of us in our culture, have as the criterion for truth that which is factual. And so they will say the Bible and Jesus is true if there's a fact behind it. Mm-hmm. So did Jesus heal the lepers, literally? I would say to them, and I have said to them, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. I do know that there were many people who did healings in the first century, and there is record of many other healers out there who healed lepers literally, so they, their skin was clear. But I told the kids when I shared this story with them that almost every miracle that Jesus does is a miracle that includes someone who has been left out by the religion of his day. Mm. Lepers, you see, were not allowed to go to the temple. They were not allowed oh, no, to be part be of the community. they anywhere near anyone, I would think. So right? when Jesus heals lepers, the very thing he says at the end, go to the temple go to the priests. In essence, he was saying, you are included. You are not excluded. And so often religion has been a way that excludes certain people from other people. And I think Jesus breaks that down, that the miracle of this story is not a science miracle. It's a theological miracle of inclusion. Mm. Jesus always is about the business of including those who are left out. And I repeat that time and time again. And I, as I tell that story, I can just see the, the young people starting to think differently mm-hmm. about what truth is. That, right. you know, in their own lives, they have kids who are excluded, left out, and they exist in their cliques. And, competitive um, world. Very competitive yes. world. And here yeah. they hear a message that that's not the world that Jesus wants. Rather, a world where all people are included, you notice the people in the corners, you don't leave people out. Isn't that more valuable and more true than a science story? 
And I know when I say it like that, mm. the, the, the light bulb sort of comes on mm-hmm. for them. And they go, Well, it, oh. it's more true than making, trying to make the parable a science story. Correct. Because mm-hmm. science stories are, I mean, you know, scientists do find truths. I believe, you know, they're, they're, they find truths. But when you're trying to lay science on top of a parable, it doesn't make, it starts, stops making sense. Yes. And when you try to prove the Bible through science, you will fail. Because the Bible and Christian religion is not meant to be a science story. It's meant to be a religious story. And those two things are quite different from one another. Mm-hmm. So try, you listeners, as you hear this <laughs> podcast, you know, acknowledge that your criterion for truth usually is something factual. Mm-hmm. And that in religion, the criterion for truth is not that. Right. It has to do with the nature of the holy the nature of goodness itself. Yeah, and I would say that, again, coming back around to what this is our first episode and why I started this podcast, is I'm not searching for factual truths. I search for factual truths in other ways and things mm-hmm. that interest me. We were just talking about quantum physics earlier and, um, you know, fractal ge- geometry, but my spiritual journey is totally different from that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not totally separate. I'm the same person, but um, we're here to talk about what the journey is like for your inner spirit and your inner truth and those things that are talking to you that are not a part of necessarily the scientific world. Um, it's about time to wrap up. Do, mm-hmm. Does anybody have any other things they want to say be- to the listeners? Well, I'd like to say thank you, listeners, and thank you, the two of you co-hosts, for this podcast. And in the future, I look forward to conversations with you. Um, We have a plan for a number more topics that will get more specific than this. And we're very open to your questions. Yeah, we have a challenging, what is it? Challenging Christianity Podcast at gmail.com. Send your questions, your your musings, your thoughts, your fearless feedback. Send it all to challengingchristianitypodcast at gmail.com. And as soon as we hear from you, um, that will feed into what we're going to talk about. We'd love to answer any questions you have or just talk about what, what your thoughts are. So we'll Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.